Bismarck perhaps went to Frankfurt with the sincere intention of cooperating with Austria. For him, at any rate, the humiliation of the revolutionary year were not forgotten. More probably, he had not thought about his future policy. He always liked to live in the moment and respond to its challenge. In the Persian parliament, the liberals had been his enemy, and he answered them by preaching cooperation with Austria. Now, at Frankfurt, his opponent was the Russian delegate, and he reacted at once without thought for consistency. He did not weigh Prussia's strength or her position in Europe. He saw only his immediate opponent and wanted Prussian policy to be subordinated to his own needs. He, always, uh, he was always quick to take offense personally, and Austria's heirs as the presiding power were enough to offend a less sensitive man. The Austrian delegate arranged the business and often settled matters without consulting his colleagues. Bismarck insisted, like the Russians at the United Nations, on knowing every detail. A small gesture announced the coming struggle for mastery in Germany. Only the Austrian delegate smoked at meetings. Bismarck pulled out a cigar and asked the Austrian for a match. His act showed that he was a man of a new sort. Bismarck had learned to smoke from the radical students whom he otherwise despised. And his cigar was a reminder that he really belonged to the world of the Burschenschaft, uh, despite his affectation of sympathy with the principles of Metternich. The Austrians did not take Bismarck's complaints seriously, nor admit that their policy had changed. They perhaps behaved with more arrogance than in the days of Metternich, but they had always behaved with much. Even Metternich did not really regard Prussia as Austria's equal. He flattered her because flattery was his way, but he thought of Austria as the only great power in Germany. Bismarck unconsciously confessed that the change originated in himself, not in the Austrians. He wrote in February 1852, Since the month of September of last year, Austria had, has abandoned the ground on which we used to meet, but nothing had happened in September 1851 so far as Austria was concerned. The only significance of the date was that Bismarck then received official confirmation of his appointment as Prussian representative. Once more, he changed his policy because of his personal feelings. He had advocated cooperation with Austria when he was attacking Radowitz. He swung over to Radowitz's program of a lesser Germany when he felt that the Austrian representative was not treating him as a social equal. And this personal resentment was at once translated into high-flown political terms. I conceived the idea of withdrawing Germany from Austrian control, at least that part of Germany united by its spirit, its religion, its character and its interest to the destinies of Prussia, which is northern Germany. He made no pretense as yet that this was what the Germans wanted. He admitted frankly that the best thing for the Confederation would undoubtedly be to put ourselves and all German governments under Austria militarily, politically and economically. But advantage for the Confederation cannot be the guiding line of Prussian policy. His aim was in fact was to divide Germany, was to divide Germany with Austria, not to unite it. He never acted as a traditional ambassador, carrying out the instructions of his government. Soon after going to the Frankfurt, he wrote with becoming modesty, The river of history flows as it, as it will, 
and if I put my hand in it, this is because I regard it as my duty, not because I think I can change its course. Unquote. In reality, he soon set out to devise the policy which his government ought to follow. After all, he had no experience of the diplomatic service until he stepped into the highest rank, and he never troubled to learn the trade. His notes of a conversation with others were unsatisfactorily was unsatisfactory all his life on a technical standard. His reports from Frankfurt carried this to extremes. He never troubled to report what was going on there or what the other representatives said. His sole uh, concern was advocacy. He preached to Frederick William IV and to Mantufil the policy which seemed to him right and criticized them when they rejected it.